everyone. How's it going today, guys? We are back here live in the studio for an episode of Hot Takes with CP3. Once again, I'm your host, Thomas Penland, coming to you live on Thursday, August 5th, 2022. I am joined by Ben Goritz, both of us live here in Atlanta, Georgia. Ben, say what's up to the people. Yo, it is, uh, it's a good one to be a part of. It's, uh, I can feel that tingle in, the, in my fingers, in my gut, college football. It's basically back, Thomas. I know, Ben. I woke up this morning, and honestly, it feels weird that the only live football game we have is NFL preseason, but I don't even care because two more sleeps, man, and we will be watching real college football on week zero. That's right, guys. We got week zero picks pod coming second half of this. But first, me and Ben have been giving all – I guess y'all have been on a five-week ride of us with our previews of each conference in college football. But, guys, we still haven't even told y'all who we got making the Final Four, winning the national championship, winning the Heisman Trophy. We haven't even told you guys any of that stuff. So – Ben, that's what we're going to do is we're going to talk about all that stuff first on this podcast, and then we'll get into the picks, guys. I promise y'all I do have some picks because I myself am a degenerate. Ben, on the other hand, it does not because he is just a football fan. But regardless, <laughs> we got some stuff for you guys. Ben, let's start out here. The Heisman Trophy. Who you got? Who you be sitting in there on the ceremony and winning this trophy this year? I'm going to have C.J. Stroud winning the Heisman Trophy this year. Um, gotcha. I think it's really tough to win it back to back for obvious reasons. Um, for Bryce Young, it it's t- so. I mean, I I wish I think Jackson Smith and Jigba could also be there mm-hmm. in New York with CJ Stroud. I think if it comes down to the two, and I would rather like if I'm sprinkling on a bet, I would rather put it on Jackson Smith because obviously the odds mm-hmm. are better, uh, the payout would be better. I mean, but I feel like if Jackson Smith has a really good season. Obviously that means his quarterback has a really good season as well. Um, so I'll go CJ Stroud. I think he's the second favorite or maybe tied for the favorite. I haven't looked at a little bit with uh, Bryce Young. I would love to see if he replicates it from last year or even has a better year. I'd love to see Will Anderson just in New York. I think it's very cool to see a defensive player there, whether he wins it or not. I think it's, I think it's great for that to highlight that side of the ball. Um, but I'm going to go CJ Stroud as the winner this year. Yeah, look, Ben, as good as I think I think that your boy Bryce Young is, there's only been one two-time winner, and that was Archie Griffin. I would say it's pretty much next to impossible to do it. I mean, we had like Sam Bradford, Tim Tebow, just name a couple of guys that we thought had multiple shots at winning the Heisman Trophy, and neither of those guys ever did. I think it's – I'm not going to say it's impossible because if we learn anything in sports – hey, Atlanta's won a championship in our lifetimes, Ben. Anything is possible. <laughs> but with all that being said, I'm going to agree with Ben here. I'm – you know what – this is partially a value pick, but y'all see as we go on why I like this so much. I'm going Tyler Van Dyke, Miami quarterback, 35 to one to win the Heisman Trophy. And look, guys, he was he was the only guy to throw for over 350 last year on NC State. NC State and Clemson had the two best defenses in the ACC. He didn't get up against Clemson. We probably done the same thing. This guy's kind of saved. I mean, I wouldn't say necessarily saved Miami season, but he turned it around and almost made it look like Manny Diaz might be able to stick around again. Now, instead, he gets Josh Gaddis to come and be offensive coordinator. Josh Gaddis took Michigan. He it was basically a two year process for him to take Michigan to a college football playoff. I expect him to have this kind of the same effect here with 
with um his quarter with quarterback Van Dyke here. But look, I think Miami's got a stacked up offense. They got a great offensive line. I think Van Dyke is that guy. Also, Miami plays in the week half of the ACC. Their only hard games are at Clemson, at Texas A&M. Other than that, it's a very easy schedule. I think he could drop both those and still end up winning this Heisman Trophy. College football loves the Hurricanes. I'm going to Van Dyke 35 to one. I just think that there's too great of uh odds there. And if you're in a certain states where you know you can sell bets off, I mean, shit. If you get to like you get to right before that Clemson game, Miami's got one loss and they're top 10 in the nation. Van Dyke's like top three finalists. You probably go ahead and sell that bet off and make some money. So I think Tyler Van Dyke 35 to one is what I'm going with here. Um, Ben, anything else you want to add on the Heisman conversation or should we keep it moving here? Keep it moving. The next one, I'm going right back to the Hurricanes. If it's if it, the next topic is what I think it is. Yeah, the next topic we're going with here is college football coach of the year. Ben, who are you taking as your college football coach of the year? I think Mario Cristobal has got a good shot because uh, he's got the games on the schedule to provide that huge upset that I don't want to say shocks the world, but I feel like Miami going into A&M would shock the world. Uh, I feel like Miami winning at Clemson in, in year one for uh, Miami would, would be like a huge case to win coach of the year. Um, if he wins one out of the two and he goes to the ACC championship, I think he's front line to win coach of the year. Also, the stories behind it. It's a coach that returned home to his alma mater. Miami hasn't been, I'm going to put it in air quotes for the people that can't see me, back in a while. Them reaching an ACC championship game and possibly winning it would mean Miami is back, at least in my opinion. So I think Mario Cristobal has got it set up for him. It's just whether he can do it or not. Um, but I agree with you. Like, I think his offense is going to be very good. Um, I think they're going to win a lot of football games. I just don't know how good Miami's going to be. I, I still think they're going to have lapses. Um, just in general, I think they're going to run into some tough games, but I think Tyler Van Dyke, he doesn't have a ton of experience, but he does have, a, he's got good experience. It's like, yeah. it's more, it's more, um, quality over quantity as of right now, he's going to be the starter all year pending injury. So, um, I think Miami has a good chance for Christopher to win coach of the year. Yeah. And they don't real, give it a saving. No, Nick Saban Ryan basically Day can't ever, probably won't get it. Yeah. Those guys can't ever win that award again. I mean, Ryan Day, literally his only losses have been, other than that Michigan one, that was his first loss in the regular season as a head coach. All his other ones were either in the national championship or in the final four game to Clemson. So it's going to be tough for him to really do any better than that at this point besides winning a national championship. That would be the trophy for that. Just real quick to kind of piggyback off what Ben said about Miami. Look, I think that's probably the right pick here. I'm just not going to take it just for the sake of being different for the podcast. But I will say this, Miami in our lifetime, Ben has had a lot of good teams that they've never really had a quarterback like Tyler Van Dyke. I mean, I think that there's an argument to say that Van Dyke could possibly go number one if he came out in this draft class as stacked up as it is at QB. He'll definitely go number one, in my opinion, next year when he comes out. I just think that Miami's never had a quarterback like that. But I'm actually going to go with Kyle Whittingham of the Utah Utes here. Look, I think college football is desperate to get the Pac-12 in a little limelight for these last couple of years that they're going to be together as a conference. We don't really know what's going to happen once that um, their big dogs in UCLA and USC dip out on them. We don't know what's going to happen next for the Pac-12. But look, Ben, We've talked about it on our first podcast. I've talked about it on TikTok. We talked about it on a million things. This Utah team is absolutely loaded. I mean, they went play for play with Ohio State in that Rose Bowl, even though they came up short. This offense with Cam Rising coming back should be ready to throw the ball around. And Kyle Whittingham's been a great coach, Ben. This Utah team pretty much plays in the Pac-12 championship game every single year under him. And, I mean, he beat he did beat Alabama in a bowl game before Utah was even in the Pac-12. That was back when I believe they were in the WAC, when the WAC even existed. So, I think Kyle Whittingham's a great pick to go to be coach of the year as I think that this Utah team is probably going to end up going 11 and one on the season. Um, let's keep things. This moving. is a, this is a pro Utes podcast. 
Oh, yeah. Very yeah. Clear. Y'all are about to see here in this segment. Um, let's just put it this way, guys. A lot of things we talked about right here will be brought up again in this next segment. Here, guys, we are going with our college football Final Fours. Ben, you know what? We both struggled to come up with these teams. I struggled to come up with these teams. And look, I'm going to lay everything out for you guys right here. My number one and number two teams are Alabama and Ohio State. I'm not going to go into any details on those teams. If you listen to those last podcasts, or if you even follow college football, you know why I have both those teams in there. <sighs> look, Ben. I've tossed around a lot of theories over the last couple of weeks. I've really put a lot of thought into it. This, that Georgia team last year, that defense was a generational defense. I don't see that again this year. I don't buy, buy into Stetson Bidden. I mean, he's good and all guys, but they're going to run into a situation where you need that transcendent quarterback talent. And Georgia doesn't have it, man. They lost so much from that team. I don't see them going undefeated. I have Georgia losing two games and not winning the SEC. For my number three team, I'm going to go with one loss, Utah. I think they lose the season opener to Florida, and then I think they win out after that. And look, even if they lose one of the games, if they lose the regular season game to Oregon and they beat them in the Pac-12 championship, I still have them getting in with two losses. I think they, both these teams are going to get in with two losses. I'm going with the Utah Utes for all the reasons we've laid out to be my number three team here because I don't have Georgia. And then on top of that, Ben, I'm not buying Clemson. I'm sorry. I think Clemson's defense is good, but I'm not buying into what's going on with that offense. I think that losing all their coordinators will definitely have an effect. I don't care what anybody says. I can't take Clemson here to go in here. I think they actually play a very tough schedule in the ACC, even though it is an ACC schedule. That side of the ACC is stacked, and I think they're going to have to go through the team we've been talking about here, here twice. That is the Miami Hurricanes. I'm going with Miami to get, slip in here and get that four spot. We've laid out all the reasons, man. Cristobal's built two massive lines. This guy is a great freaking coach. I mean, he went to Ohio State, the horseshoe last year, and upset them with Oregon. That's with a Pac-12 team. Now what's he going to do with a stacked-up team like he has at Miami? I think the Miami Hurricanes run the table here and win the ACC championship as a two-loss team. I think they slide in here at the four spot. And there's nothing more that college football would love than to get their darling Miami back in there. I think we get two two two-loss teams in there. I've got Miami and Utah as my next two teams. All right, so I also have Alabama and uh, Ohio State as one and two. I'm I'm absolutely um, shook, Ben. I'm shaking. <laughs> yeah. Um, four. I have Utah as well. There's okay. a reason why I skipped three. I'll get back to that. I have Utah as well. I think they beat Florida in Week One. Okay. I agree with you that that I think they do find at least one loss on their schedule. I don't think they go undefeated this year. Um, I think they get the fourth spot after winning the Pac-12 championship this year. Third, you're going to disagree with. You literally just disagree with it. I'm going to go Clemson. But there's a reason why I'm going Clemson. So um, you said they have a tough schedule, and I don't disagree at all. In fact, I don't think you can disagree. They get Wake Forest on the road, and that's without Sam Hartman, or at least I don't think he's going to be ready by week four this year. So that's a lot easier. They get NC State at home. They get – Miami at home, and then they get South Carolina and Louisville at home. So the two tough – the tougher road games are at Notre Dame. I think by the time November rolls around, Notre Dame is going to be a couple losses on their schedule by then. They got to go at Florida State. Um, Clemson is a lot more talented than Florida State, but it's not – it's never an easy place to play. And that's like – I don't think playing at Boston College is that tough. So even though they have a a lot of tough matchups, they get almost all of them at home, excluding Notre Dame and and Florida State. But there's going to be a lot of Clemson fans that travel to that Notre Dame game. I've seen it firsthand. When Georgia played there, it was was over – 
50 to probably close to 60% Georgia fans there. I think a lot of Clemson fans will travel. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll, listen, I, it's really hard to win in um, Death Valley Junior since I think LSU is the real Death Valley, but um, it's really tough to play at Clemson. I don't think their offense can be any worse. I know that they had a lot yeah. of um, moving around on there, but they promoted from within. So their quarterback and offensive coordinator already on the same page because it was his quarterback's coach. I just don't think they can be any worse. Um, their defense was stellar last year. So even though they're losing Venables, I still think the culture is all in – it's all there for Clemson as they just promote from within. So – and I just trust Dabo to get back. And I, I've said this before, I'll say it again. People claim that Clemson had such a bad year last year, they won 10 games. And, like, I get it. Clemson's aspirations are its national – it's win the ACC – to win the national championship or at least make the playoff. And they didn't do that last year, but I'm not going to sit here and say 10 wins is a bad season at all. I mean, I still have Dabo. I still think he's unanimously a top three coach. I would slide him right back to number three after Kirby finally got one, even though Dabo's got two, but I still trust this Clemson team. I think if DJ Uangalele uh, plays bad, I think you put the young guy in. Like they're both, I don't believe both yeah. of them are going to be that bad. You're definitely not wrong about that, Ben. Look, let me ask you this, because this is also part of my theory here. What do you do if Clemson goes undefeated on the regular season and loses to Miami in the rematch in the ACC championship? What's Miami at that point? That's Miami. That's 10-2 and two Miami. Oh, 10-2 and two Miami? Versus, B, but they're, or I guess it, technically it they'd be 11-2. It, it does depend on where everyone else sits in the country. Um, so it's probably hard to answer that now. If if you were like with a high, with with this hypothetical, if you were guaranteeing a ACC team to get in, mm-hmm. and um, they don't play each other in the regular season, so oh wait no, I'm sorry, they do. So if Clemson yeah. won in the regular season but lost in the rematch, that's what you're saying. Yeah, I think there's a good chance you get both of them in. That's what we've seen from the SEC when Georgia and Alabama have played each other. So let's say Utah though has one loss, like we said. Let's say Georgia has one loss, and that's what happens. I think Miami. Think? I think Miami would get in because I think the conference championship does mean a little bit more than a regular season one. Thank you. Yeah, and I also think beating them on a neutral field, and if you, no matter what happens when you play them at Clemson, you beat them on a neutral field. But if Utah, if all the Pac, if all the Pac twelve teams had at least two losses, if all the Big Ten teams outside of Ohio State had at least two losses, you could easily make the case that Clemson would be the best two loss, best one loss team. Yeah, um, in the country, even without a even without a title, I mean, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely, yeah, okay, okay. I just wanted to make sure we were in the right headspace there. So, Ben, with all that being said, national championship game, or who's who's winning your national championship and why? So, um, Ohio State has not had very much luck against Clemson in in their program history. I'm pretty sure Clemson has is undefeated against Ohio State in semifinal matchups. No, Ohio State beat them uh, that year with Trace oh, and ran all be- over them. Yeah. In the revenge last- game. That was a COVID year. year. COVID year. COVID year? Okay. Um, but overall, they do not have a great record against Clemson. I, it's almost inevitable, I think, for Ohio State and Bama to play each other. People just see those as the two best teams. I'm going to go Ohio State and Alabama. I don't want to. But I'm gonna do it, Shocker. and um, I, I I just think you gotta stay healthy. Obviously, no one can predict injuries. If Bama doesn't have a massive injury, because they really don't have great depth at certain positions, if they 
if they uh, don't have like a, a huge injury, I don't know how someone beats this team. And I'm going to get into that later when we do our very last segment. I, I just think there's too much talent for one team to lose. But they, Bama, for the crowd, this is Bama doesn't really play that hard of a schedule. Their schedule is not easy this year. They, they have a lot of tough road games. I think they play at Arkansas, at Tennessee, at Ole Miss, and at LSU. And at Texas. And at Texas, thank you. But they're favored by like 17 in that game. But still, though, I mean, that, that just shows you how good they are. I mean, Texas is ranked in the top 10, I believe. Yeah, Texas is ranked inside the top no, 10. No, I don't think. Oh, they're not. Well, still, though, Texas is ranked no, inside the Texas top 10. Texas wasn't 15, ranked. That's for from, sure. I don't think Texas was ranked. I'm checking right now. Yeah, I mean, regardless, though, playing no, Texas, Texas is not Texas is not a top twenty-five team to start the year. Really, I don't think in, in the AP poll didn't have them. Yeah, you're right. Actually, I don't see them. Wow, the coach, the coaches poll. Someone, some coach had Texas getting at number one, the best team in the country. Yeah. yeah, but I don't think I don't think that I don't think you can vote for your own team. So I don't think it was the I don't think it was Steve Sarkeesian. Yeah, you can't vote for your own. No, it's the writers. I thought voted. Vote, I was thought it was in one of the writer polls. I don't know. Anyway, though, the coaches poll Texas was ranked, but the AP poll, which is the one that they follow until the committee okay. uh, comes around, the AP poll did not have Texas ranked. Okay. Yet they have them winning the Big Twelve. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I guess they think they're going to get better after they play Alabama mm-hmm. against Big Twelve competition. So. It'll be interesting. I think it's an interesting year for Texas. Yeah. Um, I am going with the exact same matchup, and I have Alabama winning. And my main reason being is I just think any year that Nick Saban doesn't win the national championship, take him to win the national championship the next year is always a good pick. And Alabama is absolutely stacked for all the reasons, Ben. I don't have much more to add than what Ben said. That was basically just me trying to add something there than me giving that reason. Um, all right, Ben, it's time for our hot takes. And my first hot take was yeah. the Miami and Utah getting into the final four. So I probably should have mentioned that, like I said, I was going to in that segment. But Ben, what is your first hot take? So I kind of tiered them into like one, two, and three. The first one mm-hmm. I'll say is kind of like a cool kind of a hot take, which doesn't make sense, obviously. The other one's a little mild. And then the other one, I guess, would be considered my, my main hot take. My first one is... Uh, this is actually after the season. So this would be for the 2023 NFL draft. I think four out of the five top picks in the 2023 NFL draft come from two schools, Alabama and Ohio State. I don't know if that's ever been done, but I think it's good. I think four out of the five picks will be from Bama. I think the two from Bama are Bryce Young and Will Anderson. Yep. I think the two from um, Ohio State are C.J. Stroud and – uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba. And I think the number five that rounds it out is Jalen Carter from Georgia. I think four out of the five come from two different schools and they're both playing the national championship game. I'd say that's a pretty solid one. Um, I'm going to piggyback off what you said, Ben, and I am going to dethrone Jalen Carter and throw in there Anthony Richardson, AR-12. Actually, I guess he said he didn't want to be known as AR-12 anymore. But anyway. 15, I think, right? Yeah, AR-15 or whatever it is. Yeah, AR-15. He didn't want to be known as that anymore, but I'm going to call him that because I don't like Florida. But I'm going to say hot take, hot take here. Anthony Richardson is the guy he was recruited to be. He goes number one overall in the NFL draft and wins the Heisman Trophy and jumps all these guys. Look, Anthony Richardson does have the talent to be like Tim Tebow, Lamar Jackson, Cam Newton, all those guys. Will he put it together? Probably not. But 
that was the potential for Anthony Richardson. Let's say he puts it together. He wins Heisman Trophy. He goes number one overall in the NFL draft. That's what I'm going to – and my what? and another reason here just to help me out a little bit, think about Joe Burrow. Think about RG3. Um, think about Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is supposed to play baseball. Joe Burrow was a transfer who nobody thought was going to be in anybody. Um, RG3, ba- people were like, oh, cool. You know what I mean? Like, well, they people didn't mm-hmm. think he was going to do that. Lamar Jackson, nobody knew he was going to win Heisman. A lot of times the guy who wins Heisman and is the number one overall pick is a guy who comes out of nowhere and proves that he's gotten better every single year and comes into his own that junior year. So that's the reason why I'm going to go with him there. But, I mean, it's probably not going to happen. What happens, when, take. what happens when Florida loses five – five to six games this year <laughs> but he's coming back for his senior year is what happens <laughs> <laughs> what you got for number two or was so, that your second one i already yeah so uh, yeah i'm on my third one so you go ahead and share your second one my mild kind of take is i think there's a decent chance we get two new coaches who make the final four now i don't have them in my final four i'm talking about oklahoma and miami now obviously cristobal is not a new head coach but it is at a new school I think there's a I think there's a decent chance that both of those schools could get in Oklahoma yeah. and Miami, um, and I think that would be very good for the sport of college football. Ooh, I I don't hate that at all. I mean, that kind of goes in line with my first hot take. I would say my the, my medium one's the same as Ben. It was the I would say that my first one was my medium one of Miami and Utah both getting in the final four. And then my extremely hot, like spicy, like probably BS take was the Richardson one. My last one is going to be the USC Trojans lose five games this season. I just think there's going to be a lot of growing pains for them. Their defense was absolutely God awful. For those of y'all that listened to our last podcast, I just don't see that shit being sweet. If that's what you, the way you want to put it for USC this year, I see some growing pains. I could easily see them losing five games this season. This is not my last one. I'll get to that in a second, but I just thought of it in my head. I don't put it past Spencer Rattler or Jackson Dart to have a better season than Caleb Williams. Ooh. But that's not my third one. My third one, I guess, is is the hottest take that I could come up with. Um, You ready for this? Yeah. Not a single team scores more than 24 points on Alabama all season long. That's including the playoff. That's including every game that they play. I don't think anyone reaches the four touchdown mark on Alabama. That's a, I I like that one. I like that one. What's your, what I got, what's your, wait, did you have a final one or was that the last one? That that's my final one. That's, that's my hottest take that I could come up with. Nobody scores more than 24 points on Alabama's defense all year. Except for Mississippi what's State. What's crazy? What's crazy? <laughs> and, I, and 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 that's including playing at Tennessee, who's supposed to have this high-powered offense. So, um, what's crazy is on multiple lists you'll find preseason All-Americans. Some lists have Eli Ricks at cornerback. Mm-hmm. There's a chance he doesn't even start at Alabama. Yeah, there's a list too that had I sent it to you on uh, Instagram. It was like the top ten corners in college football, and like every single one of them was on Alabama in Georgia, pretty much. Yeah, who, yeah, it, they got they got a ridiculous secondary and a ridiculous pass rush this year. They might have the two best edge rushers in college football. One of them, they have they definitely have the best. But Dallas Turner ain't far behind on that list. Hey, for those of y'all who didn't know, Ben did go to Alabama and is an Alabama football fan. <laughs> I just had to throw that one in there, Ben. Um, all right, guys. Well, listen, if, if, I don't think we have that many new listeners that don't know I went to Alabama. <laughs> it's not even – but, like, you can't talk about Alabama and, like, 
you can't not be a homer. What am I supposed to say? Alabama's not that good. No, I mean, I'm not even an Alabama it, fan, and I even say the exact it's same a thing. Failure of a, it's a failure of a season if they lose one game. Yeah, Actually, it, I disagree. It's a failure of a season if they don't make the playoff. They yeah, it, lose one game and make the playoff. It's not a failure. But, like, that's – call me spoiled, like, as a fan, but that's the standard in Alabama. Whether yeah, you I, agree with it or not, that's what it is. Exactly. I mean, Alabama, with the way they win and stuff, I mean – they're like the one team in sports where you take them to win every single year, and I'm not call, sitting here calling you square. You know what I mean? Same thing with us picking Alabama and Ohio State. I'm not calling a square. Their over-under is 11 and a half almost every single season. You lose one game, you already lose the bet. Yeah, that's insane. That's insane. And people well, still take the overs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the insane part is it's juiced. It's like minus 140 to go over, which is insane. The thing about that, to go undefeated, you have to, you have to lay 40 extra dollars in juice. That is insane. Well, guys, I know this is what really what y'all are all listening to. Y'all want to hear about the crazy big matchups we have. It is college football week zero, guys. We have nine games on the slate if you include the FCS matchups. Guys, look, Ben is not betting these. I can't blame him personally. Me, on the other hand, (laughs) I bet preseason football, guys. Y'all know for sure I'm betting on these games. Come on now. We have starting that we will be starting the game day off at 1230. I'll probably be waking up at 730 watching college game day, probably cracking open a cold one by 10 a.m. And I will be turning my TV to Nebraska and Northwestern. Ben, the spread, this game is being a Dublin, Ireland. The spread is currently 13 and a half in favor of Nebraska. Um, the over under in this game is set at 50. Look, guys. Not only am I going to be betting on this game, but I'm going with a max bet in the first game of the entire season. <laughs> Yes, I'm going max bet to start the season off, and I am taking Nebraska minus 13 and a half. I already took them at 12 and a half. I like them anything up to 14 and a half. Look, last year, guys, this Nebraska team went three and nine, and they beat them 56 to seven. 56 to seven. Northwestern won't be as bad as last year, but they're still going to be equally as bad on the flip side of things for Nebraska. One, Scott Frost is on the hot seat. He's got to get things done. I don't care about the fact that Pat Fitzgerald, the head coach of Northwestern, is from is from uh, Ireland. I don't care about that because – Really? Yeah, because at the end of the day, Scott Frost looks like a leprechaun. So, if anything, he's got more of the Irish magic than Fitzgerald will in this case. But next thing, Casey Thompson transfers in. Adrian Martinez was an absolute turnover machine, let all of college football FBS QBs in turnovers. The guy could not get out of his own way to save his life. This team lost eight one-score games. Nebraska is going not only going to win this game, but they are going to absolutely thrash them. Scott Frost needs this one. He wants all the Nebraska faithful. It's going to fly out there to fly back happy on the plan rather than go ahead and start negotiating his buyout because y'all know they will. These Nebraska football fans are crazy. They also bring in Mark Whipple, offensive guru from Pittsburgh, as Pittsburgh basically had probably top three offense in all of college football last year with Kenny Pickett and the crew. I think that he will transform the offense for them. Nebraska graded out top 10 worst special teams in all of FBS. They brought in a new coach so and the best year. hunter in FCS. All that being said, Nebraska minus 12 and a half, minus 13 and a half. Lock it in, guys. They are going to whoop their ass. This will be a good old-fashioned ass whooping to start the day. I predict Nebraska wins this game 41 to 13. Ben, anything from you on this game? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the only thing I – mean, I'm not going to pick – I'm not betting on this game. Um, I'm going to watch it, obviously. The only thing I do disagree with, I don't think Scott Frost is on the, high, uh, on the hot seat. Okay. I think they realized when they hired him the state of turmoil that their program is in. Obviously, it had been that couple coaches before him, but they bring in a guy who played quarterback at their school. 
I think he legitimately gets the entire keys to the castle. Everything he says is is what he's going to get within the football program. I think it's pretty comparable to what John, uh, not John, Jim Harbaugh got at Michigan. Michigan obviously was having better years than Nebraska, not when he didn't win three games at Michigan, but I think they're going to give him plenty of time, at least live out the entire contract, which I think was like a six-year contract or something. Yeah. Um, I think they're in no rush to get rid of Scott Frost. I think they know and they think that he's a good coach. He's at his alma mater, which uh, uh, it's always like going back home, like as an athlete and playing in your place or like playing somewhere familiar, I think gives you that drive to want to be great, especially when it's a program that has literally not been great probably since Scott Frost has been there. Um, So I, I I think they're going to keep him. So I don't think he's in the hot seat, but, um, you got to turn something around. You can't go three wins to back-to-back three wins. So um, I, he did great in the transfer portal. I think that's huge. That counts as recruiting in today's world. So um, that's the only thing I would disagree with. But Northwestern is supposed to be very, very bad. Yeah, that's an understatement right there, guys. Um, next game up on the schedule, um, I believe there is no – yeah, there's no games that kick off. Are they as bad as like – are they as bad as like Tech or Duke? <sighs> That's a right good there, question. You think? Do you know what Northwestern's qu- win total was? Two and a half. The same thing as all them. No, it was like three yeah. and a half. Same thing as all them. So yeah, yeah, yeah they're terrible. Um, next up on the slate, four p.m. on Fox Sports One, Champaign, Illinois Memorial Stadium. We'll have the Illinois Fighting Illini take on the Wyoming Cowboys. Josh Allen's alma mater. In this game, the spread is currently at a, at minus eleven for Illinois. Over under set at forty four. I'm going under the total in this game. Illinois does bring in transfer QB Tommy DeVito from Syracuse. He's definitely an upgrade over the trash they rolled out there last year. Let's be honest, guys. Tommy DeVito is not a freaking Heisman Trophy candidate or anything. He's in he's in a below average ACC quarterback. Um, on top of that. Wyoming is just tr- terrible guys. Well, the Wyoming head coach <laughs> who I don't, I didn't even care to look up his name. He was actively recruiting players on Twitter because he, they literally have no players. Like he wasn't recruiting like, Hey, come play here. He was like, we need players come try out for the team. That's how freaking bad they are. They also have key injuries to starters. All their good players transferred out basically. And they haven't quite grasped like how the transfer portal works that like you lose players. And then you get guys from teams that are worse than you that are actually good because stuff like that exists. Like they don't exactly understand how that works yet for Wyoming. So this team is going to be absolutely terrible. Um, Also, Illinois has Indiana and Virginia on deck and they're going to really need to win those two games because those are very winnable games for them to go bowling this season. I mean, Illinois is five and seven. This is Illinois guys. They're not exactly uh, running shit in the big 10, if you will. So they need to win those next two games. So I expect them to get an early lead and kind of pack it in, run the ball a lot. Really the only way I see this game going over is if Wyoming has a lot of turnovers, which could easily happen with how bad this team is. But I think we get there at under 44. Anything you want to add, Ben? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> I like Brett. I like Brett Belima. Yeah, exactly. I like Brett Belam too. Um, let's keep things rolling here. 5 p.m. kicking off on ACC Network. We're going to Tallahassee, Florida, home of my Florida State Seminoles. We're going to Bobby Bowden Field at Dope Campbell Stadium. Florida State is currently a 39 and a half point favorite, taking on Duquesne's Dukes, who play in the Northeastern Conference. Ben is tomahawk shopping along with me right now. Um, in this game, the over/under set at 56 and a half. I was going to take Florida State minus 35 and a half, but the number got beat all the way up to 39 and a half. 
half working out in front of it. Check back in with me on Twitter. I might go first half in this game, but ultimately Florida State has not won a home opener since 2016 because in 2017, Ben's Alabama Crimson Tide ruined my entire program and sent us into a downhill spiral ever since. I mean, Duquesne sucks. TCU was horrible last year. I believe they won three or four games last year and they uh, and lost their head coach, Gary Patterson, and they still beat this team 45 to three. So I think Florida State will absolutely cruise in this one. I expect Florida State to win this game like 63 to zero, something like that. 63 to seven, maybe. Well, you say Duquesne sucks. Did James Madison suck or whoever that team was that James Seminoles last year on the no, and that was uh, Jackson was State. Jackson State's a Jackson perennial State? powerhouse in the FCS, Ben. Calm down over there. I think the spread was only like 17 and uh, a half, too, on that Jackson State game, by the way. If you listen to the ACC pod, I, you know how I feel about um, Florida State. I, I think they're going to be better. I think they're heading in the right direction still. Uh, I'm not touching this game. I would. I ain't touching anything where Florida State's a 30-point 30 30 plus favorite over anyone. I don't know if they've earned that at all, but I'm sure they are 30-plus points better than Duke game. I couldn't even tell you what state that's in. Yeah, so, guys, last game of the day. Look, there's a lot of other games that go on during the day. I can't really tell you much about them, so I'm not going to try to. The last game of the day, though, I'm good. Look, there's two college football games on. One comes on at 1030. One comes on at 10 p.m. 10 p.m. college football game, week zero. Say less. I got nothing else to do. It's been a long offseason, guys. Let's do it. New Mexico State Cowboys undefeated, or they are an independent team, and they were horrible last year. They take on the Nevada Wolfpack. Nevada Wolfpack head coach is out the door. Carson Strong out the door. Romeo Dubs is on the Green Bay Packers. All the players transferred out. Nevada's last two recruiting classes were in the 120s, so that's what they're replacing everybody with is guys in the 120s that have not seen the field yet. Look, I'm not saying New Mexico State is good at all. We're probably going to be sweating this one out at 1 o'clock in the morning, over 20 beers deep. New Mexico State plus nine is the pick. Let's cash it. All of that analysis and they're plus nine. You were making me think like they were favorites this whole time. Hey, they were plus 12 and now they're plus nine. So sharp action is coming in. Hopefully it doesn't end at like 10 or something like that. And I'm cursing out the TV at one o'clock at two o'clock in the morning at that point. So only thing I know about New Mexico State is their basketball team made March Madness as a 12 seed. Yeah, they did, actually. Teddy Allen is a beast. <laughs> Fortunately, guys, we are running out of time on the recording. We're going to give you all a little preview of Vandy in Hawaii, but honestly, who gives a shit? It's week zero. Ben, I appreciate you coming on once again, man. Always a pleasure. Always fun, dude. Although Hawaii is good on the island. Yeah, Hawaii and is Vandy's good on the island. Vandy's definitely better. Yeah, Vandy's definitely better. better. Anyway, guys, we appreciate everyone who tuned in. Ben will have picks next week. It will be an absolutely massive podcast next week. We'll talk to everyone again soon.